When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 o'clock, we might have been on time if whenever I hit the start button, it would have actually worked. But anyway, we are here, we are going, and I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. With me, as always, is my big brother, Rich. Rich, how are you tonight? Well, just... Breathe in that sweet smell of victory. Oh, we've been waiting. Wait, 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 wait. wait. That deserves a... Double oh. breathing because it was over the Ravens. <laughs> yes, that uh, extra deep breath. So much so, you, you had to go back for more. Oh my goodness, that was really something. Um, I I tell you, I, I have to I have to say this. I know we're a minute into the show, and I'm already going to get off on a side note. It's a Steelers side note. But one of the things I love about being a season ticket holder is, you know, sometimes I just sell some of the tickets online you know, mark up the price to try to help recover stuff because it costs a lot of money up front um, to get the seat license and everything. But I like as anything to sell the tickets to people I know, because when people I know are in the stadium, I like to contact them. I like to see what's going on. I like to stay in touch and know what's, you know, I, even when I'm not there, I feel like a part of me is there. And the fact that our sister was at this game with our nephew um, and then you found their picture on the Steelers Nation Unite Facebook page. Um, if you want to know what our sister and our nephew look like, go to the Steelers Un- Nation Unite Facebook page. Look for a picture that's a that's a, a, a three, three people three, holding their signs saying they were from Texas. Texas. <laughs> Texas. Look for our sister and her son standing behind them with a great photo bomb. My my sister is in a Ben Roethlisberger jersey, and our nephew is in. Um, a Najee Harris color rush. Color, color rush. Yep. And, color and rush. of course, him being a teenager, what was he doing? He was on his phone. He was on his phone. <laughs> and it's funny, you're like, yeah, he is a teenager, but he's almost as tall as me. He's he's getting up there. Um, so but I just I love like even though I wasn't there to experience that game, knowing that I knew someone that was there in section 122 row Q seats 16 and 17, there I I, I felt like I was a part of their experience because of that, even though these are the tickets that I share with, with, with my, with my sister and brother-in-law and their family. Um, it was just great. So I just had to say that those of you, you know, out there in, in the live chat, if let's me's on here at all, anybody else, if you were at that game, 
good for you. <laughs> I mean, I I've been to I've been to two Ravens games at Heinz Field. Have you been to any Ravens games at Heinz Field? No. Okay. I am not a fan of going to the Ravens games because of where I live and everything else. The Ravens games are just extra for me. And I don't, I, I don't know that I could, to me, it would be too disappointing because the, the first game I ever went to at Heinz field was in Ben Roethlisberger rookie season. It was the day after Christmas. I got the tickets for Christmas for my wife, most amazing Christmas present ever. And we went the next day. They wrapped up the number one seed. Ben hits Plexico Burst in the corner of the end zone. It was a fantastic time. The only other Ravens game I've ever been to was the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Yeah. 2014, I'm pretty sure, because I got my tickets in 2015. It was the year before. I got my season tickets. I went, and that was when, you know, you had the injury in week 17 to Mr. Butnicki get robbed. And therefore the Steelers had to sign Ben Tate off the street to start in a playoff game. And it was just, uh. so I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of going to the Ravens game, but some Steelers fans, that's the one that they like. My goodness. Let's talk about this game. Some now we're going to talk about this game. Some, and we're going to talk about it a lot, but the, the theme of the show is, and the title is rich. Tell me if you agree this, agree with this Steelers. Nice game. Nice win. They still got work to do, right? So, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the biggest reason hey, – go ahead. Take a second. Pat yourself on the back. Good. Now get back to work. <laughs> exactly. And it's not just because, oh, yeah, great. You won the – you beat the Ravens. You have that big signature win for the season. It's not even that. We got a game in two nights. You know, yeah. <laughs> the Steelers are playing two nights. You know, 48 hours from now, they're going to be on the field playing. That's crazy. So for those of you listening in audio form, this is obviously being recorded just after 9 p.m. on Tuesday, as I always say. That's why they still got work to do. The, you know, the biggest win of the season so far. I mean, a lot of people would say that Buffalo win was big. Yes, it was. But this is this is still the Ravens. And this was the Ravens sitting at the number one seed in the AFC. And the Steelers were able to take them down. And this was us, the Steelers, coming mm -hmm. off a big dud. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the dud, you know, the dud of duds. They were coming off this. So many fans had them written off. Um, lots to talk about with this game. Let's hit these couple super chats. I'm afraid yep. I'm going to miss one because, my goodness, Sean Manahan did not even wait for the show to start. We had not gone live yet. And he nope. puts $5 in the tip jar. And he says, after the way Adams played this week and the comments by other Steelers and coaches and the results defensively somewhat vindicated, re replaced. Is that replaced? Supposed yes. to be? Alu, yay. Okay. Now, when he says replaced, doesn't mean, you know, alu, alu, we don't need it. No. Meaning it was it was the closest thing that the Steelers have seen to doing the job of what alu, alu did so far this year. Would you say that? Uh, yeah, that's been – Adams has been the best option to put where alu, alu has been. He's the best thing <laughs> I've just seen got since Alu's come out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because what's what's the other way to say it? He takes up space. He takes up space. He takes up blockers. Yeah. I mean, he defends the pass. Yeah. How terrible was that defensive holding call? <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. 
there was a lot of terrible calls. And of course, good old Wang Harbs is whining about the Steelers lining up offsides on the two-point conversion. Um, yeah, how about about the 27 different calls that were all in your favor that's the only reason that you had a chance to go for a two-point conversion. You mean the 27 that. times they <laughs> didn't call holding on the person yeah, blocking T.J. Watt? I'm not even talking about that. I, I, I'm so used to that not being called, I'm not, even, I'm not even worried about that. But, I mean, there was a lot. But that call, calling him – I mean, you're allowed as a defender, your job is to not let guys go second level – I honestly think the official looked and saw what he did, and he did it so well, they felt that the only way it was possible that he held. That's the only thing you could have called. He has one arm on one guy, one arm on another, not letting either one of them go down the field. As long as he doesn't grab a hold of them and keep them from going back, you're allowed to stand in front of a guy and put your arms out. It's called blocking, and the defense does it sometimes too so the, so the other guys can't block people. All right? And that's what he was doing. He was occupying two players. He's allowed to do that. It's not a hold unless you grab a hold of him and keep him from getting past you. I know, and he didn't you, do that. I know, but I know why they threw the flag. Uh-huh. Because honestly, when you look at that play, there's no way he should have been able to do what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. He did. And it was doing it legally. Yeah. That's the thing. The referee, that was your pet peeve of a... There's no way that of them not really seeing it, but them thinking, well, there's no way, so we got to throw the flag, yeah. right? Didn't you? Weren't you complaining along those lines a couple weeks ago about the referees? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The flag because they think, yeah, this had to, and they saw what they he are, was doing. They no are assuming that something is being done, so therefore you have to throw the flag. You know what? Yeah. They assumed that Joe Hayden was offsides against the Packers on on the field goal because right. he got he got across so quickly. You know, and now have the Steelers been offsides at other times on on field goals? Yes, they have, but not that time. Not that time. Um, I do like, and it's something, and like like him or not like him. You have to admit, Tony Romo was calling calling it how it was with a lot of these calls. And the head bob, he pointed out when the Steelers jumped across, they're like, oh, that's going to give the Ravens a first down, you know, not kick the field goal. And they called them for the false start. He's like, he's like, watch his head. We got to look. We got to watch the head bob. And then then they even said, watch the next one. If the head doesn't bob on the next one, then you know that they made the right call. He did it on purpose. And they knew that he did something that he doesn't do. Yep. And therefore, he's not allowed to do it. That was all about trying to draw him off. Yeah. And they got, and they, you know, try that's all Wang Harbs trying to cheat to win and it didn't work for him. So, yeah. Yep. Um, got another uh, super chat here. Justin Gall, $4.99 to tip jar. Thank you. Says amazing beer. They're live. All right. Another one who was there for the game. Didn't realize how bad the officiating was until I watched TV version today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I it's mean, definitely, it's definitely easier to pick out uh-huh. the officiating flaws on TV than it is. At the game, yeah. Not saying you can't pick some out at the game, but it's a lot. I'm serious; it's a lot easier to pick them out on TV. Yeah, at least in my, in my opinion, it is. And honestly, I, I have an easier time when I'm at the game. I'm I'm just I'm I'm 
most of the time re relying on the on the on the on the board on, on the, the jumbotron on the, screen, on the jumbotron yep. on the video replay and things like that to see the angles that you would see at home that's part of the reason I like my seats is I can I can see the board and the field at the same time because it's mm -hmm. right there where, where I am so but there there was just there was a lot of questionable calls but you know what the Steelers overcame it and I have several things. I wrote down a number of things as I thought about random stuff today about this game. I'm like, oh, we should talk about this. And the problem is I know I thought of more than I when I didn't have my paper next to me that I didn't get to write down. Maybe they'll come to me. Maybe they won't. But uh, whew, let's. I, I want to dive into this a little bit because a, a couple things. Dave, you don't, you don't, you don't dive. I don't dive. I belly flop. <laughs> Maybe a, can, maybe a cannonball. Maybe a cannonball. I'm still yeah. saying if I ever was able to pull off going on the Steelers cruise, I do think I could possibly give one Casey Hampton a run for his money as the all-time best um, belly flopper on there on the Steelers <laughs> celebrity cruise. I I think I mean I've 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 had it, I got it down to a pretty good science. Hurts like the Dickens, <laughs> but I will say I could do it if it was for something like that. But anyway, uh, we got another super chat before I roll into these uh, into these points points of order. Okay, Sean Manhattan, five dollars again. Thank you, Sean. He says um, getting an 08 vibe um, from Bad uh, O Line. From battle, oh, from okay. See, I don't know these shorthand things. I'm not, I'm not with it with all the hip youngsters. So I got to call on the guy in higher ed to know what this is. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> all right. Yep. Um, from battle line, Ben delivering in fourth quarter, uh, defensive player of the year at OLB, tough schedule coming together as a team. Let's get number seven for number seven. I like that. And that's something, you know what? Well, go ahead and say it now because we're like, they st the Steelers got work to do, they've yep. got work to do because this was great. But what they showed is that when you put in the work, you put in the effort, you show the heart, you can you can put a good product on the field with what they have. Are they perfect? No. Are they always necessarily going to be better than the team they are facing? No. But the better team doesn't always win. The team that comes through when they need to is the team that's going to win. So... I was going to wait till after this game because then the Steelers would have four left, which is generally what you think of. If you want to look at who's going to be the top teams going into the postseason, those are the games you look at. Those last four games, what we always looked at as the last quarter of the season when there were 16 games going into the postseason. I mean, look at last year. Look at what happened with the Steelers. Even when they got great wins, like the big win over Tennessee in Tennessee, you know, the shellacking of, of the Browns, things like that. They, the, it wasn't happening at the right time of the season. And as much as you're like, this, this Steelers team is a work in progress. They've got to keep working in order to keep the progress. Do you think that's a good way to say it? Well, yeah. Cause they have not progressed to the point where you can be like, okay, they've, yeah. they've reached where they're going to be. No. Okay. I they're, mean, they're, gonna, they're not, yeah. There, there's. They haven't left it all on the field yet. No, no, they haven't put together a full game. Yep, and on both sides of the ball, because there was a lot lacking offensively, 
And the, you can say there was a lot lacking defensively. You're like, oh, man, oh, man, this team, they're just 99-and-a-half-yard drive. They can't get the stop. My goodness, how many third and longs are they going to give up? Then I'm going to bring up one of these talking points. I was I had three of them that I could have used you in the last this one, three sentences. You, you snagged this one out of the Slack channel. Uh, now, you don't know if I did or not. Okay, yes. are you ready? Now i got to remember which one because I had three of them. What were we talking Oh, statistically – I picked the Steelers not to win this game. I wanted to change it so bad when I knew TJ Watt was coming back. That's another thing we're going to talk about. I, I I went with I went with the numbers because the Ravens averaged 24 points. The Steelers averaged giving up 24 points. The Steelers averaged 21 points. The Ravens averaged giving up 21 points. So I went 24-21. I wanted to change it because I thought Watt could make a difference. I said, no, I'm just going to go with the numbers so that way I would love for the numbers to be wrong. But if you look at the numbers, the Steelers' offense basically came up with what you would, with what they had numbers-wise on average. They scored 20 points. They had been averaging 21. It was the defense. Oh, and they would have had 21. Well, no, because they wouldn't have gone for two. Well, maybe. Yeah. That, yeah, they wouldn't have gone for two. Um, but it was the defense that came, that actually kept the kept the Ravens five points less than the than the Ravens average of what the defense you know had given up on average. So as much as you want to complain about the defense, you know, giving up a lot of yards and the defense letting them come down and 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 they got the touchdown at the end and it came down to the two point conversion all that. It was still the defense that that did better than what they were expected coming into the game if you were going by the numbers. Doesn't right. that seem kind of weird when you think back at it? Because that's not the that's not the way it felt, was it? No. Yeah. Which leads into what I thought you were going to snag out of the Slack channel, and that was the talk of what we feel the defensive philosophy was mm-hmm. for the Steelers the other day, uh, and the defensive philosophy is what gave up some of those longer first downs and longer drives. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think the whole defensive scheme, you know, we were playing zone pretty much the whole game. Yeah. Uh, and that was so our defenders could have eyes into the backfield so that we didn't let, you know, Lamar Jackson run for 220 yards against us. Yes. Yeah. So. And I, I still love this stat. In the fourth quarter, the Ravens had four rushing yards on two, on two attempts. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna bring this one up. Okay, mm-hmm. Je- Jeffrey picked the Steelers. Dave, you're voted off the island. I, Guess I what? Guess care. what? Steel- Steelers Pittsburgh. You got to vote me off the island. I, I yeah. picked the Ravens to win by ten points. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, that was because the Ravens are are a running team, and I feel they're a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. And we all saw what the Cincinnati Bengals did run the ball against our defense. And at that point in time, I'm out, when it's been as bad against the run as we've been the past few games, I'm like, you know what? Till you show me otherwise, well, what am I to not expect that I'm not going to see the same thing I've seen for three games? I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, if you pick the Steelers to win, you pick the upset. Like I picked the Steelers to cover when I had to do our picks for all the games. Right. I picked them to cover. I just didn't know if they would win. And I I said that I thought that I didn't think Baltimore was that great, but I didn't think the Steelers were playing that great either. But the Steelers were played much 
better. But I thought it was interesting that you know everyone's like, oh well, the offense they did they did a real nice job, and the, and the defense almost didn't come through. It was actually the defense that did better statistically in point wise than what you expected going into the game than the offense. Bottom line is that's that man, Sean. We just bringing it in another five dollars. Okay. You know, what? You know I, I, I'm almost Sean? the point. Where, I'm almost the point where we're gonna have to find out what Sean Manhan does for a living because maybe I need yeah. to do that so I can keep throwing money in the super yeah. chat. I'm surprised he keeps doing five. I thought it would be two because <laughs> he has a lot to say. But uh, he he's five dollars in the tip jar. It says when when the Bengals ran over us, we didn't have a true nose tackle. That's a good point. And yeah. honestly, look, but that was the game that the Steelers tried Cam Hayward at nose, and they benched Isaiah Bugs. So they benched Bugs before Adams was even on the team, you know. And then, you know, people are like, "Well, why did Carlos Davis get activated if if uh, if he wasn't going to dress with it?" I still think Davis being activated to the fifty-three man roster on Saturday was, "Hey, we expect Cam Hayward to play. We expect Isaiah Loudermilk to play with the illness. But if something happens where they get worse, we at least have somebody. Yeah, el- at least have somebody else up there we yep. could call on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's exactly so, what that was. And they were like, "Yeah, and we'll have him. We'll have him back on the roster and and inactive. They were going to have to put him on the roster this week anyway. Yes. You know, I think tomorrow would have been the twenty first day. They had him till like tomorrow. So, um, and and that's kind of what the Steelers have done so far when they brought players back. Even when they did, they didn't. They had him inactive the first game. But man, Adams night. I mean. Jumped on the moving train, did a nice job, didn't get pushed around. That's, That's the biggest the thing. That didn't was the biggest get thing. Pushed around. But if you want to talk about pushing around, let's talk about the Steelers' offensive line. I've got another point here. I've got the circle of success. Okay, this is my little circle of success. The pro- and and, and the, here's the thing with the circle. You know, like a circle. No, the, no beginning and no end. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of. Um, what is it? Then Chuck and Larry was that Rob oh. Rob Schneider? It like a circle, yes. you know. Um, that sorry, there's no beginning, there's no end. So yeah, pick a starting point. You ready? But it's this. Let's say let's start. Let's start with the captain. Let's start with BTR. Let's start with Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. If Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. Gets the passing game going. This, you know, you know, I, that's where I want to end it that way. I want to end it there. No, if no, we'll start there. You can start anywhere. I don't know where to start. I don't want. I don't know what to do. My point. Okay, if Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger can be successful throwing the ball, what that does is that takes will likely take an extra player out of the box. If you take the other team being able to load extra players in the box, that allows the offensive line to actually match up and not be outnumbered. If the offensive line is able to match up and not be outnumbered, they can get the running game going. If the running game gets going, then it it makes it, it actually makes it easier for the offensive line to pass block which then allows Ben Roethlisberger to get the passing game going, which then takes the extra player out of the, you see the circle that I made there that it's like, it's like passing game, 
you know, helps the helps the run blocking, which helps the running game, which helps the past blocking, because you know, then you got play action, everything that's working well there, you know, and it, it just works in a perfect circle. It's got to start somewhere so it can work everywhere else. And so many times early in the season, I'm like, teams are loading up the box trying to stop Najee Harris because they're saying Ben can't beat Ben can't beat us anymore. Ben's got to make them pay. Right. And Ben was making the pay. Do you think the best ball he's thrown all season went for an incompletion? What's that? Do you think the best ball that he has thrown all season was in this game Sunday and it went for an incompletion? Yes. That was a fantastic throw to Deontay Johnson. Yes, it was. It was the no, let me no, yeah. maybe I should refresh. It's the best deep ball. Yes. Yes. The, it's the best deep ball Ben has thrown was in this game. It was right where it needed to be. And not not only that, for, for those critics out there, it was deep middle. Yeah. It, it was it was deep middle. Because we still had people trying to say, oh, Ben won't throw the ball in the middle. What about that one? What about the, the first touchdown to Deontay? That that was in the middle. So yep. it actually so it, he actually did throw the ball in the middle of the field, but doing what he could do in the passing game just helped everything else go. So sometimes you're saying you've got a rookie running back. You've got how many rookies starting on the offensive line. Maybe the good starting point of that circle is the 39-year-old veteran. You know, if yeah. he can get the passing game going, help help open things up to, then the, to help them be able to block better for the running game, which gets the running game going, which allows them to pass block better for him, which helps Ben keep the passing game going. I just thought they completed the circle this game. Offensive line. I'll just ask you this. Even, even this. And John LeGlue. Gotta love that. Tell me about the offensive line from this game, Rich. What, what, okay. what, what did you think? Oh, man. The biggest thing, especially LeGlue when he came in. LeGlue... Basically, I could say the same thing we just said about Adams. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he, he, didn't did, get pushed he, he didn't get pushed around. He pushed around. Correct. <laughs> he, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was more the bully, yeah. not you know, not the and, person being bullied. He, you know, it was I mean, I, I was First of all, he's he's in the game, and, and I see him, and I'm like, who's that now? And I see LeGlue on the back, and I'm like, who the heck's this guy? He was signed he's, to the active roster the I week know. before. Yeah. I know. And so then I so then I started to watch him a little bit, you know, like specifically on some place, mm -hmm. watching him, and I was like, dude, this guy's solid. You don't remember him from the preseason? I remember him from the preseason. I do, but I started to, but like not a ton. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the preseason. Here's but trying I, to look, we were trying to look at a lot of stuff this preseason. You are exactly right. But see, this is why I remember from the preseason because Jeff and I constantly do, you know, predicting the 53 man roster. And then I do the practice squad. Jeff won't because he doesn't want to go that far and everything. But I, I, I do it because a lot of people ask for it and they would like it. I picked him to go on the practice squad because he was playing well. I really, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, in the preseason, because he's listed as a tackle, six seven three ten out of mm -hmm. two lane, he's listed as a tackle. The green but, wave, but what it was, yeah, that's right. But because 
there was some injuries during camp. Coach Tomlin talked about this in his press conference. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm glad he brought this up because I remember. There were some injuries during camp, and they needed some help on the interior. Remember, Kevin Dotson was, you know, what mm-hmm. the stuff he was going through and, and everything else. So he, in practice, bumped into the inside, and that's where they played him. That's where they played him in the preseason. He played 35 snaps at right at right guard in the Hall of Fame game. But here's the other thing people forget. He played center in the Philly game. He oh, played you're right. center at the end that. of the game. You're right. I forgot He played about 18 that. snaps. And he played right guard, then he played center, then he played two games at left guard in the preseason and looked decent. And I'm like, I think this guy can make the team. And he, I mean, not the team, but like make the practice squad. He seems like a decent developmental lineman. And they did. They kept him on the practice squad. And when it came around, I was surprised that it was, that it was the glue and not Rashad Coward that was added to the 53 man roster last week. But then again, I was surprised that it was, that it was, it wasn't Rashad Coward again. This week, when they had to do a practice squad elevation, it was Chaz Green yeah. um, again. But my and when they did Green and not and 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 not Coward, who was on the active roster the first four games for the Steelers, I'm like they must feel all right with with Leglue, and he looked to look good. Okay, he he <laughs> he, he did. Um, I, I I have to, I have to make a confession though. When I saw that number seventy seven out there, it just I instantly was 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 thinking of Marcus Gilbert. <laughs> I, I really did. I see it's a big 77 out there. I'm like, yeah, that does make me miss, you know, Marcus Gilbert when he was having um great seasons and should have been considered for a Pro Bowl and wasn't when he was with the Steelers. Um, you know, they he got injured, they traded him. I don't I don't know if he ever even played for the Cardinals for two years um before he retired, but he's he's retired now. Um I, I do miss that guy. I have to admit, I, I always liked him as a lineman. Um, but Leglue, nice job. Trey Turner, I did this in the PFF grade article. He had his best grade since was it twenty that week one of twenty nineteen or something? I think, which was a Pro Bowl season for him. I thought with Turner, uh, the biggest thing I noticed during the game was that. At one point, uh, I want to say it was about halfway through the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. What I noticed about Turner was that I hadn't noticed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I haven't thought much of, seen or thought much mm-hmm. of Turner. I said, well, he's probably doing okay then because I haven't, you know, yeah. it hasn't been like, oh, look, somebody blew by him or, oh, you know. Nope. Yeah. And I mean, Dan Moore Jr. had the now this was I looked this up before the grades were available from last night's game, but he had the sixth best pass blocking grade according to PFF for the week. That's not just of tackles, that's of all offensive linemen. That Dan Moore Jr. did a real nice. I mean, did he was going up against what well, I can't even say his name right, the rookie from the uh, OA. Is yeah. it Oe or no? I think it's Oe is the way you really oh, it say is. it. He went up against him all game, and you didn't hear him. What what was the you know? injury? That, what was the injury he came out for for the one play? I never even heard. Oh, it was on on. 
I'm not sure where he was. Remember, he, he the play he before hurt. Finney. Yeah, yeah. He got hurt. Comes off. Goes in a tent. Yeah. And is only out one play. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got to write this article. No. Okay. I'm like, well, I guess this is Banner coming in. Nope. He came out. It was good. And he, I thought he did a nice job. He did um, in the game. Chooks is becoming more solid um, because you're not one of the best things a right tackle can do is not be noticed, you know, and the, the only sack they gave up wasn't even a real sack. It was a semi busted play because, because Ben on the RPO, Ben kept the ball. Claypool wasn't on the same page again. That was, you know, there there was plenty to go with that, you know, shouting match. You know, I I think it was because of Ben that Claypool got, wasn't in there for a while. Um, I think so too, because Claypool was not making the correct. He wasn't making the right op- reads on, on his option on the option rounds. Yeah, and he and he wasn't ready for the pass and did what he should have done on that play. So Ben had no choice but to tuck the ball and dive for the line of scrimmage to just not take a loss. And therefore, it was yeah, that was one that was sack for zero yards. One sack standing, for zero yards. Whoever was yep. standing closest, it happened to be Calais Campbell. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, it was it, it was I felt that the offensive line came together and like like uh I'm trying to think of who pointed it out. It, it might have been one Jefferson Hartman on the on on Let's Ride. No, or it might have been Jeffrey Benedict. I can't remember. It was one of those podcasts I listened to. Um that he was having to, you know, deal with some interior Baltimore defensive linemen, which is still the strength of their of their of their line there. So with with guys like LeGlue. I thought in all the offensive line did did the job they needed to. Did did the Steelers run the ball like crazy? No. Could they run the ball at the end of the game when they needed to? Yeah. Against the number two run defense? Absolutely. You know, job well done, but guess what? It's not done. work to do. There's still work to do. We're going to talk about more of that work that we have to do. My goodness, I didn't even look at the clock. We we are done with part one. We're rolling into part two. We got more work to talk about because, you know, 48 hours, going to be playing a game. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about a, a couple of things I want to mention about, about TJ Watt. And we're going to talk about some coaching strategy and, you know, um, purposeful penalties. We're, we're going to have to make sure we bring that one up in the second half. So if you're here on the audio side, go ahead and flip to part two. If you're with us on YouTube or Facebook Live, hold on. We'll be back in just a few seconds. <laughs> 